This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show on Talk Radio. AM640. Uh, it's just too bad the Pride Parade was halted for a while when uh, Black Lives Matter decided that, you know, they would take advantage of, I think it, the uh, saying was, you can sit with us. That was the uh, slogan, you can sit with us. They yes. decided to sit down. Uh, and have a sit-in. Jackie, our uh, technical producer today, was at the parade, which was held up for a good 30 minutes while they waited. Uh, They had a list of demands. They asked for the uh, president of Pride Toronto to join them. And basically, any concessions that were agreed to this weekend, in my opinion, are meaningless because, you know, that parchment could have said anything. You'll move if I sign this? Great. Hand me the giant feather pen. Now move your float, I think, is what was going on. Uh, it was a hot day. People wanted to get things going. We're joined now by a man that blew my mind when we had him on to talk about the uh, bathhouse raids and the history of it a couple of weeks ago. His name is Doug Elliott. He's a lawyer. He's a friend of the show. I, I'd like to call him a friend of the show, and he's also the recipient of Pride Toronto's Lifetime Achievement Award. Doug, I uh, said it before, I'd love to have you back, so it's nice to have you back today. Yeah, I didn't expect it was going to happen quite so quickly no. or in these circumstances, for sure. Doug, were you at the Pride Parade yesterday? I was indeed. Uh, I came with my family, actually, uh, because we wanted to make a statement after Orlando that we were not afraid and that we had confidence that Toronto police would provide us with adequate protection, and they did. Uh, there was threats made against the parade and the Prime Minister in particular, and uh, there were no attacks made by ISIS, but lo and behold, the parade was disrupted by our honored guests. You know, with that in mind, and they were honored guests, the Black Lives Matter uh, yep. Matters group. Now, were they supposed to, because I originally heard, Doug, that they were supposed to be at the start of the parade. Was that, do you know anything about that? Was that changed a little bit later on? Because Jackie, our technical producer, was at the Pride Parade, and she said they must have been about ten, five to ten floats in. Yeah, normally they're not at the very beginning. It's the Marshal, Grand Marshal and the International Grand Marshal. And the honored group is usually uh, near the front, but not at the immediate front. So they were in the normal position. Okay. So with the threats that you just mentioned uh, about, you know, the Prime Minister's safety in the parade, do you think it was irresponsible for Black Lives Matter to pretty much hijack the parade with a... uh, Un, it was unpublished, like they didn't tell anybody in Pride Toronto that this was going to go down, a sin in Right. I think it is the most reprehensible thing I've seen. I've been at every parade since 1981, and this is the most disgusting disruption of the Pride Parade. The homophobes have treated us better than these people did. Uh, it was a complete betrayal. Uh, I was, I'm very concerned about... You know, they brought smoke grenades to the parade. Imagine the people who are still reeling from Orlando seeing grenades being let off and smoke. They must have been terrified. And, uh, you know, in the past, they they denounced Pride Toronto as racist. Well, if they think they're racist, why did they accept the invitation? I mean, in the past, people who have had problems with Pride Toronto, when they've been invited to be Grand Marshal or Honoured Group, they've said, no, I disagree with your organization. I won't do it. And that's that's what you do. You don't show lie, which is what they did, because they are required, if they're going to participate in the parade, because I helped draw these rules up, okay. they are required to agree to abide by the rules that are laid down for by Pride Toronto for the parade. And if they have a problem with the way the parade is organized, they are supposed to use the dispute resolution process that we set up. But instead, they decided that they were going to selfishly take over. I can tell you, I was standing there. I was nearly passing out from the heat. There were little kids who had to leave 
leave the parade. There were old people who were, who were fainting. There were uh, handicapped people who were roasting. But these selfish people didn't care about any of that. They just cared about getting headlines for themselves. We're talking with Doug Elliott, who's a gay rights lawyer, and he's a recipient of Pride Toronto's Lifetime Achievement Award. In the past, uh, you have been on the council as well at Pride Toronto, I believe. Is that correct? Um, no, I was I was on something called the Community Advisory Panel. Okay. It was a group of community elders that were set up to deal with uh, problems people had with Pride Toronto. You remember the group Quia. There was a controversy about them participating in the parade. And the black community was very pissed off, and they didn't mm-hmm. like the way they were being treated. And we engaged in a lengthy series of community consultations about how things should be run. And one of the things that we said was, Pride Toronto should not be making any important decisions without consulting with the whole community. The whole community gets to decide what happens at Pride Toronto, not one group. Okay, so I want to play something from uh, earlier on. Tasha Carradine, one of our hosts here, had a woman from Black Lives Matter on. Her name is Janiah Khan. I think she's one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter. Here's Mm -hmm. what she had to say. I want to get your reaction to this, Doug. You know, people are saying, you know, we halted progress. We halted the progress of the march. I would say that we made progress when we are creating platforms where things can be more inclusive, where there's many voices heard at the table. I think that's progress. Doug, what do you think about that? She's delusional. Uh, She is set back. I was there in 1981 when we worked cooperatively with the black community to protest against uh, police mistreatment of both communities. We recognize the problems that the black community is facing by inviting this group to be our honored guests. And then they hijack our parade and blackmail our leaders. That's progress. I've got news for you. I am going to be filing a complaint with our dispute resolution process, and I'm going to ask, going to be asking that these people be excluded from any further participation. We have never been insulted and humiliated by an honored guest and people who are part of our own community. I understand that the leaders of this group are queer and trans people. They're members of our community, and they're treating us worse than homophobes treat us. Uh, so I'm guessing with what you said, you know, your rules laid out and, and the process that you go through if you if you have a disagreement, the Pride executives, you know, were forced to uh, sign that contract to get things running. This means yeah, nothing. Yeah, I don't. I, it's fraud. It, it, it's extortion. So it, it, I'm a lawyer and I can tell you any contract that's signed under duress isn't worth the paper it's written on. So I, I, I'm not I don't blame them for doing that because they had only three choices. Let everyone die of heat exhaustion, mm-hmm. uh, sign it to get the parade moving, or ask the police to get involved in a Which I'm people, sure which that they were, it would have oh, been a colossal mistake. It. Oh yeah, they that's what I was thinking. That. They, it would have been a big win. It would have been a big win for them. So I think they made the right choice. What I have a problem with, with Pride Toronto is, I've seen some comments from Pride Toronto suggesting that they thought that the way Black Lives Matter handled this was reasonable or in keeping with our tradition of civic, uh, of, uh, Unrest you, know, and, of yeah. you know, protest and so on. I've asked for clarification of that because I've seen, I've only seen media reports. I would like to know directly from them if they think that this was reasonable, because if they think this was reasonable, then they should be stepping down because I can tell you, the people I've talked to in the gay community, from my young gay nephew who was there for his first Pride Parade to elders like me, we were all horrified. 
Don't... Universally horrified. And I wanted to, the, you know, the thing about the police not being in the parade, I can tell you when we did our community consultations, including with the black community, and that's only three or four years ago, when we consulted with all aspects of the community, the, the Muslim community, the black community, the Jewish community, lesbians, gay men, no one, no one asked for the police to leave the parade. Not one person. This is the first time. And they're carrying on as if they speak for the whole queer community. Well, they don't. They only speak for themselves. I want to, because uh, I've got you on the line, Doug, I want to play something else, because I know you, you've you been there since the first uh, march was put together uh, yeah. after the bathhouse raid. So I want to get a little his- historical context here uh, put to this. Uh, one of the, the same woman, Jeannaya Jean- Khan, who was on the show earlier today yeah. uh, from Black Lives Matter, she had this to say about the di- dike march. So maybe you could provide a historical context and uh, clarify this. I think that change is uncomfortable. And 20 years ago, uh, the first dike march happened, and there was an incredible amount of pushback. Uh, Gay men were saying, why should women have their own pride? Uh, Why should women who love women have their own pride? There was a lot of negative publicity as a result of that. 20 years later, it's an integral part of pride as we understand it in Toronto and as it's understood all over the world. So that dike march, that was separate from from, uh, the pride parade, correct? Yes. There there has always been a debate about... Um, you know, how much inclusion do you have and how much, um, how much uh, separate space do you have? You know, now there's a separate trans march as well. And now there's also a night march. There's a night march, which is people who don't agree with the main parade. Well, if Black Lives Matter didn't like the main parade, then they should have gone in the night march. There's a space for them, right? We're not creating. We're, the point is, If you're going to a particular space, you know what the rules are. Like, I know as a gay man, I'm not allowed in the dyke march, and I'm okay with that. I know as a cisgendered man, I am welcomed as an ally at the trans march, and I have marched in the trans march, even though I'm not trans myself. So you respect the space and you respect the rules. And for them to compare what they did with the debate over the dyke march is ludicrous. I was there, and I can tell you it was, yes, there was political discussion, but did, did gay men try to halt the dyke march? Did we set off smoke grenades? Did we do stage sit-ins to stop the lesbians from marching? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's preposterous. And I mean, I was, I don't know how old this woman was, but I can tell you, this isn't something that I read in a history book. I lived through it. Yeah, Doug, that's why we love you on this show, not just your eloquence and just, you know, telling it like it is. But I love that you provide a historical context that, you know, I don't know, though I, you know, am a Torontonian. I really appreciate you being here again today, Doug. No problem at all. All right, Doug. Hopefully I don't have to talk to you too soon, but, you know, I wouldn't... uh... I'd I'd like it if you were on the show regularly because I get a big kick uh, out of you. Uh, that's very kind. I enjoy being on your show. Thanks, Doug. You have yourself a good afternoon. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye. Cheers, Doug Elliott is the uh, is a gay rights lawyer in Toronto, friend of the show, and he won the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award from uh, Pride Toronto. He's uh, a good guy. Provides some interesting uh, context to what's going on in the world, right? The AM six forty afternoon drive show. Listen live. Weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM 640 or download the app at 640toronto.com.